Hey Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. What's up, Bucks fans, and welcome to the All Things Bucks podcast. I'm your co-host, Corey Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. And it's CJ. Follow me at Corey J 863. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the Giants game. And here we are again, week 11, talking about the Buccaneers quarterbacks. <laughs> the Buccaneers quarterback situation once again. Ryan Fitzpatrick started the Giants game. Went 13 for 21, 167 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. He did have a rushing touchdown, though. Barely. But those three interceptions, yeah, barely. But those three interceptions were were bad. I when I say bad, I mean bad, bad. Um, two. They were bad, like Jameis versus Cincinnati bad. Um, two of them, two of them, um, cost us points. One with them was at the end of the first half. He tried to force a pass to O.J. Howard, and it got picked off across the middle. No idea what the hell he saw. Dirk Cutter looked like he was living on the sideline after it. Um, the second one was uh, pick six, right, to Alec Ogletree uh, at the beginning of the second half. And the third one, he tried to throw to Deshaun Jackson in the end zone. He lofted the ball deep. And it was a horrible pass to begin with. Um, today in Dirk Cutter's press conference, Dirk, um, they, the media mentioned it to Dirk about it being 50-50 ball. And Dirk was like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. That was, that was not a 50-50 ball. That was a horrible decision by Fitz. And that's why he got pulled from the game. Well, Dirk, he shouldn't have even been in the game after the second interception, to be honest. Because it, it cost us, we were down at the half. And it put us in even more of a hole. So... That that happened right there, but then but then um, number three came in the game. Number three, Jameis Winston returned in the second half and went 12 for 16, 199 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. The one interception was with about 15 seconds left in the game on a deep ball to Deshaun Jackson, who we'll get into in a little bit. But it got picked off because they wanted to go deep instead of trying to play the sidelines to at least go and attempt a field goal before the time expired. So Jameis came in. Jameis came in, stepped up, did his thing. So um, out of those four incompletions, though, two of them almost got intercepted. Um, Both of the passes were to Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys, um, you got to catch the ball, man. Um, one of them, one of them was your fault. You got to catch the ball. It hit your hands. You bobbled it, and it almost went right to B.W. Webb. So you got to catch the ball, man. And the other one, Mike Evans was open in front of you, but 
the cornerback just made a good play and tried to jump the route. Luckily, it was bobbling around for about five seconds, and you were smart enough to knock the ball down. But other than that, Jameis, Jameis looked good, and um, Dirk Cutter in his press conference today would not commit to a starting quarterback because he hadn't spoken to both men. But about 30 minutes later, Rick Stroud came out and said Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback week 12 against the San Francisco 49ers and then the rest of the media picked it up so it looks like the Buccaneers are going with Jameis Winston and that's the thing with Dirk Cotter man um Dirk Cotter Cotter Cutter cut him as a coach but that's the thing like his handling of the quarterback situation has just been piss poor like you said the worst I've ever seen yeah, it's just as bad as Mark Rick handling the Miami quarterback situation at the university. But that's neither here nor there. Oh boy. <laughs> uh but no, it's just been really it's just been really poor management. Like I understand uh Fitz had the hot hand after the two games. Corey, I know you're gonna get into it a little bit. But he had the hot hand after the two games. He had the bad half versus Pittsburgh, and then he had a good half to try to bring us back in that game, but after after that though the the Bears game ew, that was an ugly match and then Jameis came in in that awful situation like there was no reason for him to to be in like you just sent him to the wolves to to die because pretty much the Bears were dominating what they've done to quarterbacks all season did you see the game well we're recording this Tuesday and did you see the Monday night game did you see what they did to Kirk Cousins Khalil Mack Plays no games out there. So that was the Sunday game, son. Oh man, it's Monday night. Oh man. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long couple weeks. It's been a long couple weeks. But yeah, so the Sunday night game, like they dominated that game. I got them in fantasy, so go go bears defense for fantasy purposes and money purposes. Yikes. And um, but yeah, so and then Jameis had the the bad game versus Cincinnati. And then they went back to Fitzpatrick, but he's committed right after that game. Right after that game. Oh, Fitzpatrick will be our quarterback. Like, bruh, he's our backup quarterback. You re-signed him, begged him to come out of retirement to be the backup quarterback for the team, not the quarterback mm-hmm. of the team. So here's his mishandling of it. And then today, oh, we haven't committed to a starting quarterback. Like, in the words of Ira Kaufman, it's common sense. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Shout out to the Don. The Shout Don. out to the Don. Like, like it's common sense. James is the quarterback. You need to figure out what he's going to do for the remainder of the season. I see him coming back next season because it's a one-year option on his fifth year. And seeing what we got, because we start over at quarterback, it's we back at ground zero. So figure it out. Yeah. Dirk Cutter has has mishandled the hell out of this quarterback situation. Like you said, right after the Cincinnati game, Dirk Cutter said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback going forward, and he, quote-unquote, gave us the best chance to win. But when you turn the ball over nine times in two-and-a-half games, but Jameis Winston gets benched for 11 in three-and-a-half games, um, your logic of the win now one who puts us in the best position to win and win now is irrelevant because it it doesn't make sense it's not true at all so and then you look at um 
D. Winston posted on Facebook um, a picture when Jameis Winston scored a touchdown and was walking to the sideline, and Dirk Cutter's just standing there. Um, Dirk Cutter standing there looking sad like an idiot. He looks like a complete idiot because because he knows that he's wrong. He knows that he was wrong from the jump that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not the quarterback who gave us the best chance to win. Uh, and he knows that his job is going away. And he knows how badly he's handled this quarterback situation. So, like we've said before, this is a ticking time bomb for Dirk Cutter. He's got six games remaining as the Buccaneers head coach because the majority of the media and the majority of the fans know that um, his tenure in Tampa is over. Oh, for sure. If if and if he doesn't know that, he's delusional. He's definitely not the one who's supposed to be the head coach because. He's lost the team. Um, he's definitely lost the fan base and the confidence in him to make game management decisions has always been poor and it's still been piss poor. So, uh, you know, he, he's definitely helped the offense. I, that's where he will get the credit. The offense has been putting up numbers. But as you as the head coach, you have to address the defensive side, too. Hell, your offense have to put up 500 yards of offense to have a chance. And everything just falls back on you. So you wasn't able to get the quarter, the, the defensive coordinator. You wanted to go with your best friend, Smitty. Best friend, Smitty, let you down. And then now Smitty's not here. Now you can't put no blame on Smitty. The blame, there's no scapegoat. That's on you. The blame goes on yourself. This is on you. And now even, even with... The offense putting up the numbers. Now you you created a whole quarterback controversy, and you just can't yourself, man. Like ain't no ands ifs or buts about it. Like you can't yourself. So I don't feel bad. I wish you the best after this season. If I was the Glazers, you would be going right now. But the Glazers don't handle business that way. So we're gonna have to see you on the sideline for the next six games. It's fine because we're already out of playoff contention. Mathematically, no. But with the eye test, hell yeah. In our head, in our head, we know. Oh yeah, we know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna play that delusional fan BS. No, we're out of the playoffs. They're right now. They're playing for pride and to see what draft pick we about to get. I'm, I'm the biggest homer there is, and I say, I say we're done. I said we were done when we were three and six. We're definitely done when we're three and seven. So. All right, so let's continue to talk about the offense since we already addressed this quarterback situation. Payne Barber. On the day against the Giants, 18 rushes, 106 yards, and one touchdown. What what have I been saying all along? Peyton Barber needs more touches, man. He got 100 yards rushing uh, and a touchdown. Uh, like Dirk, the man can run the ball. He doesn't need to run 12, 13 times a game. You need to run him 18 to 25 times a game. I don't like, understand that philosophy. Like, like football has foot, the game. The fundamentals of the game don't change. Like, it's more of a passing league now. Um, with the dynamic of the league with the rules, but running the football is still essential to the game. If you look across the league, running is still a big part of the game, even with the teams that pass. Like Kansas City, Kareem Hunt is still running the ball. Los Angeles. New Orleans. Todd Gurley's still running the ball. New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram are still running the ball. So you need a run game in order for your passing game to succeed. And like we've said before, if you run the ball, your quarterback does not have to throw 50 to 60 times a game. Uh, and that's what happens in Dirk Cutter's scheme. So 
Shout out to Peyton Barber for rushing for 100 yards. And it gives and it gives and it gives the quarterback it gives the quarterback easy throws to make to get in that nice rhythm. Like when you're not running the football as much, you're you're making it difficult throws because they're reading. Oh, this is gonna be a pass because the Bucks aren't gonna run. They don't run. So what do I have to worry about that for? And if they do, it's not gonna be much of a game. Or or they'll get a nice game and they're gonna get away from the run because they want to get cute and pass. That's what's gonna happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what happens um, because we're such a predictable offense that majority of the time when the defense is out there against us, they know they know we're gonna throw the ball. They know we're not gonna run the ball, even when Peyton Barber's in there because Peyton Barber catches out of the backfield. So they know they know we're gonna throw the ball. So, um, but like I said, shout out to Peyton Barber for getting 106 rushing yards. Anytime he touches the ball, that man runs hard, and I love it. I've been saying it all season long. That's that's my guy. Uh, I said it before the season started, Corey. That that that's my guy, and uh, I'm sticking with him. He 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 looks like he can be the future of Tampa Bay's running. Um, um, I'm sorry to Rojo. Rojo is still a rookie, but one, he can't stay healthy, and two, his fundamentals are not are not right right now. So he he's gonna have to. Ride, ride the bench until um, Peyton Barber slips up. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, the reality of the situation. But Peyton Barber has been um, playing very well. And you got to keep playing the high hand um, at running back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ronald Jones, his injury, he's, he's out. I'm sure he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Um, even they may try to bring him back, but we'll see. But uh, I we... Peyton, Peyton Barmer has done some great things, and he, he's 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 running hard, and they definitely need to get him twenty plus touches out of the backfield running per game, and not not touches combined. I need him to be running, yeah, twenty times. Yeah, a game. like I said, he he catches out of the backfield. He had a few catches um, against the Giants as well, but yeah, he he needs out of the backfield twenty touches running. Not not combined, not all purpose. He needs twenty rushing attempts a game. He he could get a thousand yards easily if he if he were to run the ball over twenty times every single game. But no, Dirk Cutter does not want to run the ball as much as the fans see that the run game is working. Um, he doesn't want to run the ball. So that's on you, Dirk. Um, Mike Evans on the day had six catches for 120 yards and a deep ball touchdown in the fourth quarter from Jameis Winston, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, people say Jameis can't throw the deep ball. Well, it seems he can throw the deep ball to Mike Evans every single time. So um, I think it's just one particular player that he can't throw the deep ball to. But that that's just my thoughts. That's my thoughts. And Mike Evans also had a fumble recovery touchdown on Jameis Winston trying to run in to the goal line uh the ball gets poked out at the one and mike evans was alert to dive on the ball and wrestle the ball away from the defender for the touchdown right in front of me i actually posted that on on twitter so if you follow me on twitter you can see that you can see that play right there it was it was a great play made by our team and very heads up, Mike Evans has almost had a thousand yards already on the season with six games to go. So he's definitely going to continue his streak of a thousand yard seasons. So shout out to get shout Sunday. out to Mike Evans. Um, keep doing your thing, man. There's a reason I believe you're a top three wide receiver in the NFL. You you're underappreciated across the league, and it shows. It shows a lot. But shout out to you for 
for putting 100% effort in everything you do on the field. Us fans truly appreciate it, man. Yeah, Mike Mike, Mike is a monster on the field. And all he do is show up and make plays. And he doesn't get the notoriety because of this franchise record the past couple of years. But Mike um, is, is definitely top five in the league. I mean, with receivers and different skill sets, I mean, you can pick and choose who you want to put in the top five because some have that speed, some have, you know, that route running skill, some has that big, big body and blend of speed like Mike Evans. So you can pick and choose uh, whatever your taste is. But Mike Evans, it is undeniable he's definitely in that top that top five conversation. And with him, I think he'll get it next game because he only needs like 40 yards or so uh, to get the 1,000 yards. So he'll he'll knock that out. And that'll be five straight seasons that he has eclipsed 1,000 yards. And he will be the only. There's not many receivers that can say that. No, I think the only one is um, – Randy Moss, because A.J. Green got hurt and messed up his streak. But Mike Evans is going to break his and then catch up to Randy Moss. I, I got to look up the numbers on how long Randy's streak went for, but I think Mike Evans will be two behind him. Well, that that's a Hall of Famer right there. So that's Hall of Fame status in itself for Mike Evans. So that uh that's something we'll talk about 10 years from now if he's going to go to the Hall of Fame which in my opinion numbers wise he definitely will go to the Hall of Fame even though he's been on some shitty Bucks teams um let's go ahead and talk about your boy OJ Howard he had 5 catches for 78 yards including a long catch in the fourth quarter from Jameis Winston down to the red zone um OJ Howard injured his ankle on the play Dirk Cutter said that there was some good news in Tampa today, but he needed additional tests, so they're not sure what the injury status is for O.J. Howard. So hopefully O.J. Howard's okay. That man is a monster anytime he touches the ball. So we we need him in our offense pretty much. Oh, yeah. Man, O.J. OJ's the baby goat at tight end. O.J., if they give O.J. the touches that – we know he, he should be getting OJ would dominate the league. Like it's not even close. I, I, I like what Travis Kelsey does in KC. I like what Gronk has done with Tom Brady. But OJ Howard, man. Zach Hurts, but OJ Howard, man. That that man, this is just year two. There's a reason there's a reason he's the number one rated uh tight end in all of the NFL right now by PFF. Yeah, and it's and it's just and we're just not fully using them. Like I would, I would literally, I would do a whole drive throwing to OJ Howard just because I could. Because he, who's who's sticking them? Who's sticking them? Like man, you you could you could literally do so many things with him. Um, I, I really hope that we get him. I mean, it's hard to get everybody involved, but when you have dominant players. I'm sorry, dominant players need to be getting the, t- the football. I mean, Adam Humphreys, he's played a good game Sunday. Mike Evans, he, Mike Evans is going to do what Mike Evans does. Deshaun had an okay game. But when you got dominant players, get them the football. Find new ways to get them the football so they can make plays. Because that's what you pay them for. That's what you draft them in the first round for. Absolutely. That is what you drafted O.J. Howard in the first round for, for production like that. So... Shout out to O.J. Howard once again. Adam Humphreys on the day had three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And one of those catches was a screen pass on the first and 30 that went about 40 yards. 
Adam Humphreys, for a white boy, he's got some speed. And we had some blockers in front of him, so good on him. He had that touchdown in the red zone from Jameis Winston that O.J. Howard got us down to the red zone for. So he had a good day himself. Um, Deshaun Jackson on the day had three catches for 50 yards. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Jameis Winston in the fourth quarter with about 20, we had 24 seconds left. Dirk Cutter wanted to throw a vertical to Deshaun Jackson to try and get us deep downfield to where we could attempt a field goal, I guess, because he burned his timeouts with four minutes to go, which made absolutely no sense, and then kicked an onside kick. But that's another topic for another time. So Deshaun on this play looked like he was going half-ass loafing, and the ball just goes right over his head to a defender, and that ends our game. Uh, sorry, Mama Jackson, if you listen, but I can't defend Deshaun on this one. Um, he was he was going half-ass, and it showed. So Deshaun just it. I don't think Deshaun and Jameis are going to work out. Yeah, uh, that connection has has not worked out to what we would all have liked to see. There's still six games left, but with the whole size of uh, the sample that we have for the year and a half that they played together, it just wasn't the, the connection. Uh, you can see he throws the deep ball well to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, but for some reason it just doesn't work uh, with Deshaun. And, and, and it happens. It, it happens. So you got to get players around him that he, he meshes well with. so, But hopefully they can scheme up, get Deshaun involved with the quick screen game. I think definitely need to get him more involved in that just so the ball is in his hand so he can make plays because you don't have to send him deep all the time for him to make plays with his speed. But, you know, that's coaching. So Yeah, it's all, it's all coaching. It's the scheme. And like we've mentioned before, we, we don't enjoy the scheme of trying to go deep every other play when you have open plays across the middle, blah, 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 blah. So we're not even going to talk about our offense anymore in this podcast. Let's go ahead and talk about the Giants defense for a second. We're just going to talk about them a little bit. Landon Collins had 11 tackles. Alec Ogletree had nine tackles and a pick six. B.W. Webb had seven tackles and almost got an interception off of that one pass. Kareem Martin had seven tackles and one sack. Dalvin Tomlinson had six tackles. Jack Rabbit Jenkins had four tackles. Curtis Riley had one interception. Michael Thomas had one interception. And B.W. Webb had one interception. So their defense pretty much was good in coverage all day against Fitz. And it showed up. It showed up in the stats. But other than that, it's not like they really got pressure on our quarterbacks. So they they really didn't play a good game on defense. Um, Fitz just killed us on offense, which is the story of our season. We always put ourselves in a hole. Uh, that we have to dig ourselves out of. And you see what the offense can be in those pressure situations, trying to dig and climb out of a deficit. And where is that to start the game? Where is that to 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 close out, you know, the game, to close out the half? So that's that's our that's our season in a nutshell. We play, we turn the ball over, we get yeah, down, unfortunately. we close the offensive explosion, we come up just short. But hey, every single game hey, this season, we got good news for this week. We're gonna. I'm just gonna jump into it because that's the only person we need to talk about on special teams. Santos out here, perfect. 
Yeah, we might as well touch on it right now. Five for five on extra points. Five for five. Congrats to Santos out here looking good. I didn't even hold my breath when he was kicking yesterday. I was just like, oh, my boy Santos got this. I had all the confidence in Santos. Yeah, so did I. When I was sitting when I was sitting right there, I could tell that he, he was ready. He was looking good. He looked good in warm-ups. He was looking good during the game. So I knew that we would look like we finally had a kicker. Yep, Santos, so far so good. Great start to your Buccaneer career. Now, be our solution for the next couple years. So keep the train going, Santos. We'll also talk about their kicker for a second, Aldrick Rosas. Went one for one on field goals and five for five on extra points. So both kickers were perfect on the day. Um, it was pretty much perfect conditions there, too. The wind wasn't blowing that much. Um, before the game, there was little snowflakes coming down, but it stopped when game time hit. So it was it was perfect conditions for a kicker. Yeah, that was no excuse. And Santos delivered. Go Santos. Uh, yeah, I was talking, there was about seven or eight Bucks fans around me, so we, we all were talking about it, we were like, we, fi- we finally got a kicker, it looks like, he just needs to make field goals, because, of course, um, Fitzpatrick turned the ball over, and we didn't get to attempt any field goals with Santos, but, uh, it looks like, it looks like for now, at least, we, we do have a kicker, Can't Kick Zaro is no longer here, and Cairo Santos has stepped up to the plate. Yes, sir. All right, so let's talk about the Giants' offense and how Eli Manning had a 94% completion percentage and only was incomplete one time. 17 for 18, 231 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Saquon Barkley tore us up, 27 rushes, 142 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground, and two catches for 10 yards and one touchdown through the air on that first drive. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., four catches for 74 yards and one touchdown. The one touchdown was killer, though, for us because it stalled. It stalled us when we were trying to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. So that one touchdown that Odell Beckham had was was killer to the Buccaneers' defense, as always. Um, Carlton Davis played pretty well on Odell Beckham, and it showed. But the one play that wasn't good was the ball that put them in position on their first drive to go and score the touchdown with Barkley. Carlton Davis got beat on what looked like a a deep slant, and Isaiah Johnson didn't come over and help cover Odell Beckham, so it looked like he was wide open and got him down into the red zone. Yeah, but overall, he he did a good job. Odell Beckham has made the best of him look like scrubs, so... Yeah, I can agree with that. That's a great, great outing for him. Yeah, like I said, he held AJ Green to under 80 yards as well. So he's he's been doing well against top top grade receivers. Um, Evan Ingram had two catches for 66 yards, but he also had a killer catch in the fourth quarter that pretty much put the game away for the Giants as well. that was on third down, too, I believe. It was. Devontae Bond was covering him, and he just ran across the middle on him, got behind that's a, him. That's a miss. That's, see, that's, that's, that's creating a mismatch. That's just like us putting O.J. Howard on, on a on a linebacker on the other team because that's, that's what you have those players for. That's what the first-round talents are for. Yeah, Devontae Bond could not cover him at all. He could not cover him at all, and, and Ingram took it down into the red zone as well, which resulted in a Saquon Barkley touchdown that essentially put the game away. So 
that was that was another breakdown in coverage because, like you said, it's a mismatch—a linebacker on uh, tight end who runs a four-four forty. So that that's always going to be a mismatch, and unfortunately, it backfired against us when we were trying to make a stop to stay in the game with our timeouts still. So. It is what it is. Now let's talk about our defense since I brought them up. Isaiah Johnson had 10 tackles because we kept letting Saquon Barkley get behind the linebackers. Isaiah Johnson was was forced to make the tackles back there. Jordan Whitehead had 8 tackles. Like I said, Saquon Barkley was getting to the second level and our safeties were making the tackles to stop him. Um, JPP had 7 tackles and 1.5 sacks. It's unfortunate that they didn't give him a full sack to get him to 10 sacks. So on the season, he has 9.5 sacks right now. But we all mentioned it. It was going to be a JPP revenge game. And he did get revenge on them by hitting Eli multiple times. So he's a half a sack away from breaking the curse of non-10-sack Buccaneers since Simeon Rice in 2005. Adarius Taylor had six tackles. Carl Nassib had six tackles and half a sack. That half a sack came on that play with JPP. And Gerald McCoy, four tackles and one sack. Gerald McCoy got a sack in the fourth quarter that was huge for the defense because it pinned them deep in the territory to where they had to punt the ball to us and we went down and scored a touchdown. So people always talk about Gerald McCoy doesn't show up when he needs to. Well, he made a play in the fourth quarter that that shows up in the stat sheet. So shout out to G-Mac on that play. And JV and Elliott from FSU had four tackles. Did we have to put he was from FSU? (laughs) <laughs> yes, because he was a walk-on to FSU, and he was a walk-on to the Buccaneers pretty much, and now he's out here making plays for our defense. So, I actually liked him before they, they, they cut him and put him on practice. Like, he, was, he was looking pretty decent a couple of years ago. He did. He did. He did look good as a rookie. Yeah, he looked good on defense. For sure. But, yeah, the defense, Um, I mean, you, you, you can't allow Eli Manning to only miss one pass. Like, that was pathetic. And it wasn't even a pass defense. He just threw it behind Saquon Barkley or else he would have been perfect on the day. Yeah. And, I mean, I know we got a lot of backup players in with all the injuries, but that was, I mean. That's still no excuse. Have, we, we talk we, about we it all the time. They're NFL on players. The and seen how bad they were as a team, especially Eli Manning. So, yeah, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're gambling, if you play fantasy sports, always start the opposing quarterback. Go always go against the Buccaneers. Because cause clearly our defense don't like to show up against opposing quarterbacks. Absolutely not. Unfortunately, it bites us in the ass every single game. So Every time. And I, I can attest to that because now my record is 0-10. So. That's just so disrespectful of the Buccaneers organization. This man, Corey, goes to all these games and is 0-10. 0 for 10, 0 for 10 since 2015, and it's all You're not because to the game of Sunday, our defense. You? You, you no, I'm not going. I'm not going to the Niners game. Oh, we might win, then. We might win. <laughs> I will. I will be sitting in front of my TV watching the Niners game and hoping our defense can actually play. Oh, another another note on our defense. Dirk Cutter said today in his press conference that. Our boy Kendall Beckwith is reverting back to injured reserve and will not play this season. So there, there's no point in him playing this season anyways because it's a lost season. And we don't want to risk further injury for our linebacking core. So it's smart of our organization to move him to IR in order to let him be fully, fully healthy for next season. Yeah, I completely agree with it because there's, there's no reason to rush him back. Let the boy heal. 
let him come back full script next season, and hopefully he can help a defense that's been bottom of the, the barrel this year. And before we close it out, touching on going to this game that I went to in New Jersey, the weather the weather was nice in New Jersey. Uh, Manhattan Manhattan's a great place, but I want to talk about the tailgate. The tailgate, the tri-state Buckaholics tailgate was was real fun. Had a great time out there. Everybody was enjoying themselves. I posted pictures and stuff on on my social media platforms so people could see that Buccaneers fans do show up and show out at away games. So shout out to all of our Bucks fans who show up to the away games and cheer on the boys when they are playing against teams in their own stadium. So it was a lot of fun. The atmosphere was great. Like I said, I had a few Bucks fans sitting around me where I was sitting. And it was just it was a fun atmosphere overall to see the boys go out there and put up an effort at least. It was a L, but it was still it was still an effort by the team. And that's that's all I want to see every time is at least some effort, show some fights, and and they did. So shout out to the players that show effort all the time. And um, I want to say um, one more thing to the Tri-State Buckaholics. You guys are great. Continue to support the team whenever they come up there to MetLife Stadium or Buffalo or anywhere in the area to where you can make the drive from those three states because it's a, it's a close drive to a bunch of states from up there. It was a six-hour drive for me from Virginia to Jersey. So just continue to support our boys anytime they come around you guys. And eventually it's going to pay off for us. So again, shout out to the Tri-State Buckaholics and all the Bucks fans who came to MetLife and showed out. And on that note, this will wrap up the Giants recap edition of the All Things Bucks podcast. I am your co-host, Corey Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. And it's your co-host, CJ. Follow me at CoreyJ863. Go ahead and follow the All Things Bucks page on Twitter at All Things TB Bucks. Follow the podcast page on Twitter at ATB Podcast underscore. And that'll do it for this podcast. Um, let's prepare for the 49ers now, and hopefully our team comes out and gives our home fans a win, even though it will mess up our draft position. But, oh, well, I just want to see us finish strong and show up for our home fans. But we'll talk about it in the preview edition of the podcast. Go Bucks! Go Bucks, baby!